This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Here's Spironi, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Oh, yes! Back of the nest! Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I am your host Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk and I'm joined by Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff once again to build you up to our trip to Anfield this weekend. We'll talk Nigel Farage, Brexit, Brexit transfers, deals, no deals and Andros Townsend singing. Christian Benteke has been grafted in the gym and we'll talk about the documentary that the club has produced on his progress before discussing how we approached the daunting trip to the league leaders. If you don't like it, we'll have a no-confidence vote at the end. Yes, what a week it has been in glorious little Britain. Um, <laughs> but before we get into all of that, um, let's find out what you're drinking. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? leave you three to it man right i'm still dry january so i'm currently on a i think it's a cup of um yorkshire yorkshire tea that's what i'm on um unless the missus has given me the uh decaffeinated stuff because it's after eight o'clock i don't know <laughs> it's the what the wife looking after me um albert you've gone to get a cold one from the fridge yeah i've sacked off that dry january nonsense <laughs> well well done for lasting how many days uh 15 ish yeah no, no not even that Pro- i think i started officially on the third so what's that <laughs> what's the date today the 17th yeah wow two weeks well done it's the taking part that counts isn't it they say when you don't yeah. complete a task <laughs> well i i've lost two calories uh, two calories <laughs> mate <laughs> well done <laughs> it was hard work i can tell you two kilograms two two kgs is what i've lost um getting down on another belt notch um and we're joined by heskiff as well what are you drinking or you finished your beer already we've been in the pre-chat so long 
Yeah, we were so busy waiting for Billiam to sort out his health check, which apparently is a professional term for not being ready, <laughs> uh, that I finished. I, I'm, I was drinking a Brahma. Oh, Brazilian? Brazilian. Okay, let's move on. It's, we've got far more exciting things to talk about, like um, Steve Parrish being endorsed by Nigel Farage this week, Albert. I know that particularly tickled your fancy. Mm. That's one way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> For listeners that don't know, Nigel Farage's son is a Crystal Palace fan. Um, apparently a very nice guy, uh, very contrasting politics to his father. Um, but Nigel Farage has tried to hang on a little bit. Just, you know, it's fashionable for politicians to want to have a football team but um i have it on good authority that he knows absolutely nothing about football but um would you welcome in at Salas park albert uh no heskiff you're you're you, you particularly like the far right <laughs> <laughs> what can i say to that no i don't <laughs> i was talking about um townsend oh yeah that he's my favorite right winger <laughs> Yeah, and um, the Palace connections to that sort of level of politics, um, most notably Farage, of course, um, was heavily involved in the Leave campaign for Brexit. And Neil Warnock has been talking about Brexit this week. Let's have a listen to what he said. I think once the country knows what they're doing and uh, we get a, an agreement and move on, I think it'd be straightforward, me. You know, I, I think it's, you know, there's more talk about it. You know, I don't know why politicians don't do what the country wanted, if I'm honest. You know, they had a referendum, you know, and now we see different politicians and all, everybody else trying to put the foot in it with Theresa instead of getting behind her, you know. Why did we have a referendum in the first place? You know, I can't wait to get out of them, if I'm honest. I think we'll be far better out of the thing in every aspect and to hell with the rest of the world, eh? football-wise as well. Football-wise as well, yeah, absolutely. Uh... <laughs> To hell with the rest of the world, he says, um, <laughs> sat in front of a Visit Malaysia uh, sort of advertisement poster. You know, Cardiff have a, a very foreign owner. Um, Heskiff, what was he mm. signing an Argentinian from France at the moment? Yeah, that, that was my favourite thing about him saying to hell with the rest of the world. As he's, I mean, I'm sure the Cardiff team is not made up just of people from Britain. Um, and he's in the process of trying to sign... Yeah, a striker from Argentina who plays in France. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I probably shouldn't even talk about it. I've been called a snowflake multiple times on Twitter this week already. Wasn't so, um, lefty snowflake bastard. Yeah, it's something along those lines as well. I'm going to leave it alone. As, as, he's, as he rightly said, on, someone said on Twitter, stick to football. And I, I think we should do that now. But um, we have a goalkeeper crisis at the moment. And um, we wouldn't be able to sign this Lucas Perry, who is apparently very, very highly rated from Sao Paulo, um, if he didn't have an Italian passport, which uh, through EU law means he can come straight straight to us. But um, that would obviously go out the window next year. Something that probably is not going to stop is Jairo Riedevold to Celta Vigo, Heskiff. Um, sad to see him go. I suppose not really been given a chance, I suppose. Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean... He, when we brought him in, he was pretty highly rated from what I remember. Um, obviously, playing at Ajax, and he didn't have a great debut in that Huddersfield game. But on the flip side, if you remember the Man City, the nil-nil, he was brilliant. Um, but he just obviously hasn't hasn't got in the team, hasn't really stood out in the cup games that he's played this year under Hodgson. Um, and there's there seemed to be rumours, you know, in the summer that he was going to go, and then he didn't. So, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me um, that he's off. 
you would think that getting rid of all of these players means we've got someone coming in, but knowing Palace's history in the transfer market, <laughs> uh, it, I don't think it means that at all. But um, he's probably one of those players where you think, you know, in sort of five years, you look back and he's playing for, you know, Real Madrid or someone being amazing and just think, oh God, and we, you know, we didn't play him because Jeffrey Schlupp was knocking about in the team. <laughs> but at the, at the moment... I mean, he's not even—he's not even remotely close to the first team, is he? So, um, if if it's a loan with a view to a transfer for a decent amount of money, I sort of understand it, I suppose. Mm, yeah, we obviously would want to recoup some of that money. Although, if us—if I was an opposing team or someone scouting him or whatever, I'm—I'm I'm not sure I'd want to sign him with his gait. Do you—do you not think he looks a bit weird, Albert? He looks like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, he's not. Um, I mean, we—you know—we was we were pitched a, a centre half when we signed him, weren't we? And, you know, and hands up, I wouldn't, I didn't have a habit of watching Ajax particularly before we signed him, you know, and he's not the biggest, he's not the biggest lad in the world. So he sort of doesn't scream out a dominating presence at the back. And then, you know, we've tried, like I said, we've tried him in midfield and that's where he, you know, very, very rarely, but you know, that's where he shined for us. But yeah, I mean, I can only assume, is it an attitude? Is it an attitude thing? Is it, you know, because no disrespect to Celta Vigo, but if if Celta Vigo is the only club who are interested in taking him, you know, is he is he that good that we are going to ruin him? You know, when he's when he's not around, I'm not, you know, it's it's all a bit of a grey area because we we haven't seen enough of him to give him a, a really good sort of judgment. But some you know something something can't be right if we're um, mm. if we're happy just to let him go and Celta Vigo is the only destination. Yeah, apparently he's six foot four when he isn't slouched over, but um, that's probably why we signed him as a centre back. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably more of a style thing um, in English football, and especially under a manager like Hodgson, your player needs to be hundred miles an hour all the time, covering lots of ground and. He just doesn't look like that sort of player. Whenever he has played, he's he looks. Uh, he's not a player that looks lazy, but isn't. He's one of those players that just plays the game at a far slower pace. And you could see him was he was way out of his comfort zone when he was trying to exert that extra effort and get around the field. Languid. I'm going to yeah. use the word languid. Yeah. That's exactly the word I was thinking of, Albert. Which Great. is a word you never hear outside of football. True. But anyway. <laughs> um, a, yeah, so hopefully for him, Celta Vigo, probably, uh, you know, Spanish football, a, li- a little bit slower across the board. It will suit him as a move and he'll do really well there and we'll recoup the nine, eight or nine so million that we paid for him. Um, and that would be some money that we could spend, which we're trying to, apparently. Um, we've had a bit on Jack Clark. Now, I don't know if you two even know who he is. I mean, he's a youngster at Leeds. Um I've only seen clips of him here and there. He's very, very tricky. Um, and what I like, liked about him when I saw him was he, he's he got that thing that Wilf does a lot there where he rolls his foot over the ball to get the momentum and then pulls the tricks out. So um, based on the few clips and before he was linked with him, I was I was rating he's, at least his ability on the ball very well. So, And looking at Leeds fans being absolutely outraged by our audacity, you know, a Premier League club that's been in the Premier League more seasons than they have in the last 20 years, uh, trying to sign one of their players. Um, apparently, I think is, you know, well, the way they're talking about it, you think they're actually challenging Liverpool for the Premier League at the moment. But um, that would be a they good... They might do if they carry on cheating. <laughs> yeah, what did you make of that, Albert? Did you... 
do you rate it? Do you? It's not technically against the rules, or is it immoral? George, you know what? Having 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 made that dig at them, I actually think there's no rule. There's no rule against it. You can argue about spirit of the game and all that nonsense, but how much stuff do you see on a pitch within the ninety minutes across grounds all over the country that's not in the spirit of the game? Mm. It's it's not a rule. Um, and yeah, I mean that press conference yesterday. You know, seeing him come out and and going into the full, you know, full depth of what he does, and and saying, oh, and by the way, I've done this for every single game mm. this season. I, you know, if anything, it's only sort of up my respect for him. And there's a lot of hypocrites, it seems, on sort of social media and pundits and ex-players. I think it's you know, it, the, the proof is in the pudding. He's top of the league. Mm. There's nobody stopping anybody else from doing it. Um, so, you know, fair play to him. Yeah, he was also, um, they were saying today that because they've got Stoke coming up and Stoke have just poached Luton's manager. So they basically went and watched like Luton's last 50 games to do the analysis on how he played as Luton manager, which is quite astounding, really. This week, Wilfred Zaha was interviewed by someone I've never seen before from Soccer AM. And um, in that, he admitted that Wilfred, not Wilfred, Wilfred admitted that Andros Townsend has a good singing voice. Let's hear it, Billiam. It does make me want to sing along, but Albert, he has a good voice. Discuss. Uh, he doesn't have a terrible voice. Um, in you know, to quote the great Eric Morgan, he's he's getting all the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> Haskiff, would you have him singing at your wedding? Um, listen, I like Andros, um, but no. Well, if um, singing even remotely in tune like that can make all your hair grow back, I think um, there's something in it. <laughs> um, that was Townsend singing in the changing room during his Spurs days. And uh, maybe Wilf just likes to see the best in everyone. Um, he's been out this week and he was in featured in L magazine with um, Stormzy. He's good mate Stormzy. Uh, anyone read these articles in there? In what magazine? L magazine. No. No, I don't. I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, I I read it on the shelf um, in a in a shop and didn't pay the four pound fifty for a magazine. I thought that was a bit steep for um, magazine. But yeah, it's just a, talking about it's not a library, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were just talking about inspiring um, black young black people from London. Um, so good work, Wilf. Uh, keep breaking through into that mainstream and um, score some goals. We'll be back after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com takes a moment of magic from the boots of the brilliant Brazilian, Philip Coutinho, wrecks the deadlock in Sam style. Oh, Kabai has got him behind Lovren here. Now waiting at the far post, Benteke! Well, wouldn't you just know it? The celebrations from the striker are muted, but not from the Palace fans. Liverpool haven't been able to keep them out, and Benteke does it again against them. 
Andros Townsend with the Crystal Palace corner. Looking for the flick of the near post. Benteke! Stoops! He's done it again! Two from Christian Benteke! And they lead at Anfield! Yeah, commentary there from um, our last win at Anfield back in April 2017. Um, Benteke's winning goal then flicking Liverpool's last defeat in the Premier League. Heskiff, that's 32 games ago. Can you... Can you remember us scoring from a corner? That's what seems a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying technically we kind of scored from a corner against West Ham because it was a short taken corner, but... Uh, maybe. I'm not having that. Yeah, well, we need Scott Dan back in the team, I guess, to get his bonts on some of those. Or Christian Benteke, um, who, you know, there's he had his little cameo against Watford and the club have released a mini documentary on the day of recording, which is Thursday the 17th of January. And um, it goes through his recovery. It's, it's quite a good watch, wasn't it, Heskiff? Yeah, we watched it um, just before we, we came on to record and it was great. It's, it's only 20 minutes long, so it's definitely worth watching if you haven't um, and sort of gives a, a nice little potted um, history of what he's gone through to get back. Um, you know, the, the different sorts of physio that he did and how he was feeling and, you know, what motivated him to get back and that sort of thing. So it was really good. I mean, it's great to have him back, um, if only to have another striker available. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, after this timeout, once he gets sort of match fit, hopefully that, you know, by, by Saturday, that he'll be back to the Benteke that we had a couple of years ago rather than last season. 20 minutes of watching someone get physio. I haven't seen it. You know, I can't see Netflix picking it up. <laughs> Christian Benteke trying to get fit again. <laughs> they did follow Sunderland around for a season. Yeah, but that's funny. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yes, of course. What I did enjoy about uh, recently was the Newcastle fans singing to Sunderland fans, we saw you crying on Netflix, which was <laughs> very amusing. But alas, we digress. Um, what I found it very interesting about the documentary, Heskiff, I'm not sure if you feel the same, is that the amount of, it really gave a sense of appreciating how much work actually goes into recovering from an injury, especially one that was so particularly long, circa around 18 months, which obviously started when he felt his knee after scoring in Sweden in pre-season, then didn't play again for six weeks in, um, where he played against and scored against Toulouse. And then, you know, from that point on, he was playing through the pain and tried to keep going. But they recommended surgery in the end, and that's what he'd done. But, yeah, I mean, the process is something quite impressive, isn't it, Heskiff, in terms of the innovative techniques, the amount of effort he has to put in? Well, it was impressive to me, but after Albert's <laughs> giving his six pence, I... Maybe not. I haven't seen it. I'm just saying, if you if if you were pitch if you pitched that to me as an idea for a documentary, I'd be like, get out of can my you, office. Can you do art design on that? Uh, yeah, I'll do all the colouring in for you Brilliant. and everything. Um, but I, I thought it was quite interesting. You know, like what he goes through, what the different sort of techniques that he's going through do. What's the, you know what the point of them is and that. Um, but now all I can think is Albert. You know, poo pooing everything I'm saying. So. Balls. Balls to you, Albert. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You didn't make it. I didn't just, you know. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and Chris and Benteke talked a lot about being much stronger after this. And uh, there's no doubt those 18 weeks of 
being in the gym. Roy Hodgson even mentions in the little mini documentary how Ben Take he looks like a bigger man. Um and he feels much more powerful. He, um, he's picked up some pace. Um, his legs have got stronger. His hamstrings got stronger, according to all the measurements. So, but what was also interesting is after, I mean, I've got very lax with my writing. People may have noticed on my blog, I've not been doing much recently. And um, I did write some notes initially for the Watford game. And most of it was focused around <clears throat> when he came on, a cross came into the box and his chance of winning the ball was 0%. But he run, jumped, knocked two Watford players out of the way and nearly managed to get onto the end of the ball. But there was a final Watford player there. But it's just the sheer brute power of the jump and the way he just mullered, you know, Watford are a big bunch of players and he just went straight through them. And it's got me very, very excited just that watching that alone and then following up with a documentary on top. Um I'm buzzing now for his return. Like, he's, he, if we can get Benteke back from a couple of years ago, the Benteke that scored 18 goals, um, all of our problems pretty much go away, I would imagine, until inevitably half the rest of our team get injured um, and cause more problems. But I'm very excited. Albert, are you excited for Benteke? Is it going to be two years ago, Benteke? Listen, we all know the, the first film in a series just sets up a bit of background. <laughs> It's all about the, it's all about the sequel. So if there's a 20 minute video at the end of this season of him banging in loads of goals since the comeback, then I'm in. Um, but just the way you've described being really enamoured with his little cameo at the weekend, getting hyped up over the video. You know, this is Crystal Palace we're talking about. <laughs> if I was a if I was a betting man. We know how this ends, all right? Here's, here's, a, here's a question for the two of you. When Ben Teke come on against Watford, do you think that's Roy making his feelings about Wickham known? Do you not think Wickham should be further along? I did think, yeah, at the time I did think that was a bit like, but you know, Wickham's been fit for, what, a few weeks and Ben Teke's literally waltz back in and, and gets chucked on. Um, yeah, the thought did cross my mind, but... You know, I guess Wickham's is a long, longer term injury. I don't know. It's it's a hard one. I guess. I'd, I'd, personally, at the time, I wanted I'd, I'd have put them both on. Yeah, it was the Jeffrey Schlupp one. Um, felt a little bit strange at the end, that's for sure. But um, you know, uh, with with Connor Wickham, I think it is probably because it's a bit of a longer, well, <laughs> a far considerably longer injury, and um, I just don't think his level of match fitness could be anywhere near Ben Teke's at the moment because he just hasn't been able to, I'd imagine, do as much as a grueling routine as Ben Teke has because his body's in a far better condition than Wickham's is. So the games that he has played in the minutes he has got play, has played, even you know a couple of sprints are making Wickham look very, very tired and you know sort of huffing and puffing a bit. So I think it's a longer journey for Wickham and it's very unlikely that Wickham's going to come back and be the player that he once was after so many injuries and so long out. It's going to be a very, very tough road for him. And so I think to expect anything from him within a year would probably be silly and maybe perhaps alone would do him good. But I don't really think we're in a position to be um, sending any more strikers out. I've heard that they have done a, a documentary about Connor Wickham's return from injury, but it's actually running at about 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's leave him alone. Let's move on. Um, Haskiff, do we go with a Man City template 
for um, this game on the weekend? Is it pretty much, you know, bank of four, bank of five with Wilf running around at top on his own? Yeah, well, I think it probably is. I mean, it worked very well up at Man City. Um, though I think that they're a bit easier to get at in defence than Liverpool. I think Liverpool have only let in three goals at home all season, which when you consider how bad we are at scoring goals, doesn't really um, make for an optimistic Hesketh. <laughs> not, not that anything does. But yeah, I guess in games like that, you just got to say, well, we try and contain him as best we can. And then, like, like we always say, get him behind him and, and try and hit him on the counter, which is obviously easier said than done. Um, but I think that's the way to go. Um, we can't give them, we can't give them too much space because I think they'll just, you know, pound us to be honest. So it's, it'd be interesting to see whether Roy sticks with having Ayu up front, whether he does want to risk Benteke, I doubt he will, or whether he'll revert to, like you said, what, what worked well up at the Etihad. Yeah. So at the Etihad, it was Zaha up front on his own with Schlupp in centre midfield and MacArthur playing on the um, left-hand side as a sort of narrow extra defensive player. So it was really, you know, uh, kind of in possession. It was certainly a four, five, one and a very deep one. Sorry, out of possession. And then, um, you know, Townsend, Zaha and the fullbacks tried to get forward and support as much as they could whenever we got <laughs> a little sniff of the ball. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I, does he persist with Schlupp? Uh, I'm sorry, I mean with Ayu, I'm not really sure. You know, he's he's got two goals in three games now. Um, and he played against Watford. <laughs> Run around a lot again without really looking dangerous, Hesketh. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, we said when we were saying praising him for the Wolves game is that his running around created stuff. You know, it, it it allowed other players to get on the ball and do things. It sort of pulled the defenders away a little bit. But against Watford, it didn't achieve anything. You know, if, if you're going to be a pain and you're going to run around and, and hassle and get in, get in the face of the defenders, that's one thing. But just running around sort of aimlessly and not offering much doesn't... There's not much point to it. Um, and again, you know, Max Meyer's not in the team and you think because he's comfortable on the ball, is it worth bringing him back in? Which is probably something that I would do because I, I think Meyer will end up being a very good player for us. But um, yeah, I just don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, I, we, we keep saying that we want a striker up front, but then away to Liverpool, you know, having Ayu as a striker doesn't doesn't really count for me. Because I don't think he's going to be that striker that we need to get involved and to make things happen and bring other people into the game. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I think IU won't start. Mm. Albert, what about you? Do you think it's going to be IU or Zaha running the solo man up top? Uh, I hope it's Zaha. Um, yeah, I mean, as as. Uh... As amazing as Ayu's two goal purple patch was, he, you know, he, he why are you laughing? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he didn't have a great game against Watford. Um, and so I would be loath to chuck him in against Liverpool. So, yeah, I think we, we have to, you know, pin all our hopes on that, that sort of Zaha. Man City template, pack the midfield, you know, sit back and 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 try and and, and spring him away. But 
as Sam's already sort of alluded to, you know, Liverpool are a, a, a different proposition at the back to City. So whether we get as much joy or not, I don't know. But you just have to hope that something breaks or Zaha can get into the area. You know, it'd be really nice if Lovren plays because he seems to most of the time have a bit of a stinker against us. So um, they're struggling at the back, aren't they? They've have to, they've been having to play like Fabinho at centre half. So if that carries on this weekend, then um, you know that that that's a that's a little glimmer of hope for us, I guess. Yeah, they have got a few injuries going on back there, but. <sighs> It's a shame we can't have a Benteke playing. Um, as Heskiff said, I think he's very unlikely to risk him um, at this stage because the more the more we can frustrate them, it would be nice to have Zaha wired because we, you know, we nearly got away with a, a point last season there, and we lost one nil just through one defensive lap in lapse in concentration that allowed Mane to score other than that we were really really good defensively and then the more we can frustrate them and keep them to zero goals or just one them going one nil up um, and I think it's important to you know not let your heads drop at one nil because in since 2015 um, Liverpool have only lost twice at Anfield when they've scored the first goal um, any guesses who those two games were against <laughs> yes of course they were both Crystal Palace um when who which game was it? it was a Coutinho scored in the clip we had earlier? The Coutinho one was was the season before yeah, last. Yeah, yeah, and then the fact it was the Gerard one because Balassi put us one 0 up in the one where Scott Dan scored the late goal. I think I don't know. We we'll undoubtedly get angry tweets screaming at us if not. But it's a very it's a very unique scenario <laughs> to be getting confused about victories at Anfield. Well, imagine that there's like you know kids who started going to football three seasons ago who are Palace fans who think that we win at Anfield all the time. <laughs> they know no different, but um, yeah. So it's important that we don't let our heads go down because we've shown that we certainly have the ability to come back from a goal down. But yeah, the more we frustrate them and can keep the score low very early on is that they're going to end up pushing fullbacks on more and more and more. And um, I think it's going to be really key if we can get in behind Robertson this weekend because he's the one that is going to be playing more like a winger sitting on top of us. And, you know, to have Aaron Wambasaka and Wilfred Zaha down that side would... Um, could prove to be big problems for Liverpool. As um, I've always said in the past, I think the reason why we've done so well against them, especially since Klopp has become their manager, is because we're very strong where they are vulnerable on the attack. So, you know, Heskiff Aaron Wan-Bissaka wasn't shy in getting forward against Man City. And can you just see it being one of our main outlets of trying to get anything from the game on the weekend? 100%, yeah. I mean, he he... We all know how good he is defensively. I mean, we've we've talked about it on the pod a lot and you go on Twitter, you go at the games, everyone's talking about it. But what's good is that he is getting a lot more confident in going forward, going past people. Um, you know, I saw it against against Watford um, and that's what we need. And that, to be honest, it's weird because as we know, he was converted from a winger. So you would have thought that that would be the bit that he's, you know, sort of known for and then his defending's good and getting better. But, as it turns out, his his defending is the best part of his game, and now he's slowly getting into every game as more of an attacking threat. And I think you know, yeah, in games where you're going to be up against it and you're not going to have a huge amount of the ball, having someone who a is a lot more confident out and going forward with the ball and can link up with mm-hmm. Will or Andros, whoever's in front of him, 
but then it is also able to get back and cover and get the tackles in if he loses a ball or he's out of position at any point. You know, that's a major asset to have in your team. And I, I think as good as he is defensively, which we all know, he's becoming a, a more rounded player of every game he plays, which can only help us in the long run. I think that pretty much covers it for that. When uh, we come back from this, we're going to have some predictions. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com right, Obviously, last week <coughs> was a bit of a disaster. Heskiff 1-1, uh, technically the closest. Yeah, ironically, that was me being positive. <laughs> that was your mistake. Um, Albert 3-1 Palace and me 2-0 Palace. So, um, Do you know the only thing that made it worse? Yeah, no joy there. Go on. Arthur cheered when Watford scored. Oh, Arthur. Yeah. Just hometown. hometown. I mean, he cheered when, he cheered when like, we did something mildly good. You know, he really likes Wilf, as I said. He wants him to have a sleepover. Wilf, if you're listening, get on the DMs. <laughs> um, but yeah, when, when uh, he, he kind of missed the goal and I sort of had head in hands. And he sort of uh, he said, "What happened?" I said, "Oh, uh, Watford just scored." And he went, "Yay, Watford!" And I could f- I could feel the eyes from the immediate people around me. He's like the worst football fan alive already. A Watford fan who wants Wilfred Zaha over for a sleepover, not to murder him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like a massive a massive trick, and when Wilf gets here, Arthur's somehow got like a Harry the Hornet costume stashed away, which he's going to whip on and. <laughs> Give him all the grief, but uh, yeah, he, bless him. He, he doesn't want he doesn't want anyone to lose. Like I said, you've got a second one on the way. Give this one up to Man United or Watford, and let's let's work on the yeah, next yeah, one might properly. Yeah, yeah, let him go. Is that, that's, <laughs> let him go. Uh, Heskiff, you were delighted at the poll this week, weren't you? Um, I only gave two options this week, basically asking, can we avoid defeat at Liverpool on Saturday? 52% people said, yes, we can field. <laughs> but 48% of people said, no, we can't field. I mean... A goalkeeper specifically. I'm, I'm just... Uh, it's just a big, long sigh at anyone who thinks we're not going to lose. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it, guys. I know we beat Man City. I get that. But that's the result out of the way, isn't it? We barely beat Grimsby. So... <laughs> Let's remember that. That was nearer 
than the Man City game was. Um, yeah, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, you know, I love everyone's optimism. No, you don't. But yeah, yeah I hate it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Albert, are you, does, you know, playing a 39-year-old goalkeeper who hasn't played for over a year in Julian Speroni, obviously because of the injuries to Hennessy and Guaita, does that fill you with any confidence? I say we just go all out and play him up front. <laughs> just stick it, stick him up front, and let someone else get let let someone else go in goal. Um, uh, I've got that. That oh, do you know what? That's the um, that's the real sort of tragic thing about you know our squad depth and attacking options at the moment. Julian Sproni, as, as you've mentioned, thirty nine years old, hasn't played for ages. That is not the bit that concerns me the most. Quite <laughs> <laughs> uh, not so. It's going to be over fourteen years nearly pushing 14 and a half years from his debut to this appearance, which is likely to be his last, I imagine. Um, because I, I can't see him getting a new deal at the end of the next season. At the end of this season, uh, apparently he only got the one this season because of Guaita's English. And obviously they both speak Spanish. So he was helping along with the translations. I'm sure he'll have some part of the club going forward, but um, it'll probably be his last appearance in a Palace shirt unless... Um, for some reason we don't get this new goalie in or he just plays a couple so it's definitely absolutely the end of his career and um, we'll talk about that on another pod obviously we'll dedicate a whole pod to Julian Speroni because when that day comes you know um, seeing the likes of his longevity again is going to probably be very unlikely although saying that Heskip it will probably be Wayne Wayne Hennessy won't it (laughs) it will will still be here in seven or eight years time (laughs) I mean, we could probably do a podcast about Wayne Hennessy, but I don't think it's going to be quite as peppy as uh, the as the uh, Speroni one. Right. Okay. So let me get some predictions then, Albert. What do you reckon? Oh, it's now got to the point where with the prediction league, it's <laughs> am I do I just go for the points? Um, and and yes, I'm going for the points. Uh, I think <laughs> we're going to lose. Um, I think it's going to be two nil, two nil Liverpool. Okay, well, uh, let's get some listener views here. We've got Michael's going for a surprise nil one. Mamadou Sako with his best performance in the season. Ben Teke to head it in. He says he needs to get off the drugs. Um, I think he's probably right. Uh, Nick Houghton saying absolute banker and you can get 19 to 1 on Palace to win. Um, What's this here? Can you ask the producer to turn the treble down on his recording graphic equaliser so that Sam Heskiff's squeaky, sinusy voice doesn't attract all the dogs within a two-mile radius? Well, listen, wow. if, we took off, <laughs> if we took off the dog numbers of the listener figures, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> Daniel Schilling's gone for an optimistic 1-1. Um, someone on Twitter called Abject says he predicts Billiam to moan about not muting when the other person is speaking. Sounds like a handsome bastard. Mm, certainly does. Lucy White, formerly of this parish, says 2-2, 3-1 Liverpool from Budapest Eagle. Congratulations, Lucy, by the way. Congratulations, Lucy, indeed. Also, congratulations to Ed Kellaway um, of the review show. He's uh, he had a baby. Well, he hasn't had a baby. His missus has had a baby today. So congratulations to you guys. I hope you're both doing well. Have we got any more congratulations? Anything else to go into? Oh, I believe there is one, isn't there? Sam Heskett. Are you going to ask me what my prediction is first? <laughs> no, I'm going to oh. say it's your it's your birthday tomorrow. The big three zero. <laughs> yeah. Plus o- that. 
past that <laughs> that's almost exactly right as well isn't it just um but yeah so if you're listening to this podcast on friday spam at abjects on twitter with loads of birthday wishes um what else we got here so daniel stone honestly i think it's going to be three nil liverpool uh one nil palace by tony toby f Sargent drilled a penalty drilled home by luca so that pretty much covers those so go on then hesky if you can give me it three nil to liverpool Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, I'm going 1-0 Liverpool. That will... Uh, I just... I think it's going to be very similar to the last game we had there. We're going to keep them out for a long time, miss a glorious chance at some point, and then we'll we'll gift them a, some sort of stupid go goal from some horrible set piece or something, because let's face it, our defending from set pieces recently has been utterly atrocious. We'll finish that there. And then when we come back, it will be time to say goodbye. Back of the nest match preview podcast, www.backofthenest.com. Always in the background, Billingham, Billiam, the producer, is telling us to be snappy. Not so snappy this week. Um, or maybe it's fallen into the perfect range of minutes he requires for it to be a good podcast. What do you reckon, Billiam? Give me a thumbs up in the chat if so. Um, Sam Heskiff, happy birthday for tomorrow, good sir. Thanks. Doing anything special? Probably just going to get pissed. <laughs> not dry January. Drink, drink to forget. Oh, I'm not doing dry January, mate. Um, Albert, um, have you have you got the invite yet to Heskis' birthday drinks? No, but I I haven't got my phone on me, so I'm sure when I, you know, when I when we finish here and I go back to my phone, it'll be on there. <laughs> Just give me. Don't look at your phone for another ten seconds. <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks for joining, Albert. Um, commiserations about your son. I don't know what else to say, really. Uh, like like you say, I, I've got another one on the way, so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, um, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, I hope it didn't get too political at the beginning for you. Um, obviously, very emotive time at the moment. Um, and you're all entitled to disagree with me or agree with me or whatever. But that's because that's what politics is, isn't it? Grr, Brexit. Rr, rr, rr. Anyway, review show will be out on Sunday as normal, where hopefully we'll be talking about a wonderful Palace win at Anfield a fourth in five years, that would be something, wouldn't it? And we will be back next Thursday when we are talking about anyone, I don't even know who we play anymore Spurs, it'll be an FA Cup game against Spurs, where hopefully we'll be able to progress and do you know what happened last time we beat Spurs in the FA Cup? We made it all the way to the final. Martin Kelly up front Indeed, so Until next week, up the palace. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.